0: Welcome to Fireside Nets brought to you by Empire Sports Media. We are your hosts. I'm Spen. He's Pete. And it is Monday, August 7th. We are coming to you live. Pete, you are in Brooklyn. Correct. I'm in New Jersey. And uh, episode 160. So nice little round number there. Uh, What's going on, Pete? How are we tonight?
1: Just, you know, taking in the ambiance, trying to make it through until training camp. And, uh, you know, going to watch some USA basketball tonight. Watch our boys.
0: Yeah, I'm excited for that. Pete told me the game is at 10 p.m. tonight, EST. Uh, not sure where you can watch it. Going to assume NBA TV or ESPN, one of the two. You probably got a 50% chance of success there. If it's not on one of those, it's probably not on TV. Uh, but you can, I'm sure you can stream it from the internet. Uh, and when Pete refers to our boys, he's talking about Brooklyn Bridges, Mikhail Bridges, Cam Johnson, the two studs on the Brooklyn Nets. They're on Team USA. We've been seeing clips on Twitter, clowning around at practice, shooting all the vibes have been uh, have been good with team USA and and you know I thought it was cool that that Steve Kerr also also spoke glowingly of Mikhail Bridges and Cam Johnson recently. so we're gonna get into it. we'll talk about Team USA we'll talk about the new acquisition for the Brooklyn Nets and, and we'll talk about some other things but uh, yeah I guess we, we can start with Team USA before we do that, I wanted to just say I'm drinking. A coconut blonde ale tonight, showing Pete on the screen. It's called a Hula Skirt. It's from Hackensack Brewing Company. Sometimes I like to have a cold beverage when I podcast. One of my favorite beers of all time. It's a coconut blonde ale. Very fancy. Very tropical. I'm a tropical guy, Pete. That's, that's what I am. But I do live in America. I do live in the U.S. of A. So let's get into it. What do, you, what do you think of uh, you know, everything we're seeing from Mikhail Bridges and Cam Johnson in these Team
1: USA practices? Uh, I thought it was very interesting. We have people on Nets Twitter going insane over this one clip of Mikael Bridges driving, driving uh, in, I guess, against like five guys, and everyone's dissecting that one clip saying, oh, he should be scoring here. He should be passing. He should be doing this. He should be doing that. It's a practice that's being filmed. In a real practice where you probably run more stuff that you don't want the other teams to see, probably don't put out clips like that. That means it's okay for the other people and the people, you know, our, our fans to watch this type of stuff. I think people are taking it a little bit too seriously.
0: By the way, you can watch it on FS1 tonight, 10 p.m. So I'm you glad that been, I got that out. Shout, out. shout out to the real Cody Mallory, big on Nets Twitter. All I had to do was search Team USA, and, and he had it right there. So FS1. Uh, look, Pete. We are in the dead of the off season. I said this on the last show. There is nothing to talk about. So you show me one Mikael Bridges highlight. I'm going to lose my shit over it. I'm going to go absolutely bonkers. I'm going to tell you that he's the second coming of Michael Jordan. I'm going to tell you that Cam Johnson is a better three point shooting version of Scotty Pippen and that the Nets are going to win six straight titles. That's what I'm going to tell you, because that's where we are in the off season. It's the beginning of August. Hard knocks hasn't even started yet. It's, it's going to start tomorrow night. Um, There's nothing going on. The fact that I get to see Mikhail Bridges and Cam Johnson on a basketball court before training camp begins. To me, that's a benefit that not every fan has. Knicks fans have it with their boys, Brunson and Josh Hart. Is that it for the Knicks? I don't know. I think that's it. Uh, Bridges, Cam Johnson. We got those guys. I've seen Jaron Jackson doing some work on this team. Um, there's just a ton of guys that if you're a fan of these teams to get to see them doing any sort of basketball activity right now is absolutely
1: awesome. Or a nightmare.
0: Yeah. I, I know you. So you your big thing
1: is you're just terrified of injury. Oh yeah. This is the nets. This is the franchise that has, you know, had got the big three and we couldn't even make it through a season with everybody together. This is, you know, people call me pessimistic. I don't care. Because I know my franchise. I've been here. I've been here since like the JK years. I've seen everything that could possibly happen to a team. So I'm not willing to risk my next season over Team USA basketball. I'm sorry. I, you know, maybe I'm not too, I'm, maybe I'm not patriotic enough. I don't know. But I want to see a next championship. So the risk of putting these guys out for extra run really fucking scares me. It really does. And it, you should it, look at all these other. I can't even talk right now. Look at Luca. Luca got hurt. If you're a Mavs fan, you would be shaking your computer and throwing your laptop. How could you not? Like it's, I don't know. We're one Mikhail Bridges. No, no, let me finish. Let me fucking finish. We're one Bridges injury away from being fucked up for the entire year and me being upset till next June. So fuck everybody. So Go I ahead. have two,
0: two, two things to say. Number one, Mikhail Bridges and Cam Johnson aren't carrying Luca Doncic's weight. Okay. Lucas Luca's weight sort of leads to him getting hurt. And you've heard it alluded to a lot uh, via Mavs insiders. The Mavericks want Luca to, to shed weight, and they want him to shed weight yesterday. They want him to be like a little bit more fit looking, I guess. They want to get rid of that that extra chunkiness he's got. Me personally, I think that's part of his greatness. Like I think he like part of the reason why he's so good is because he's so thick and he can bully you know smaller defenders. Um, but obviously you can turn a lot of that extra weight into muscle. So I totally understand your perspective. Are you, If you were a Hawks fan right now, would you be happy that Trey Young didn't make this team or wasn't chosen to represent Team USA?
1: I would be so happy if I was a Hawks fan. I would be so happy if, if, if Steve Kerr would come out tomorrow say, listen, you know, Mikel Bridges, you know, he's doing everything right. But, um, uh, he, but we just feel like we need to make a change and he's not going to be on the roster. I'd be celebrating. I'm going to be popping bottles like a championship game because I, I don't want the risk. I really don't want the risk. I don't think it's worth it. And you know what? You said Luka and his weight. What about Paul George a couple years ago? Yes, another freak injury. I get it, guys. I get it. You know, this shit could happen and that's the risk of all this. But for me, it's not worth it. It's just It just really isn't worth it. I, I can't say it enough.
0: Yeah. The only thing I got with Paul George is I have a theory that God just doesn't like him. Like sure. He's a very talented basketball player, top, you know, 15 in the world had a really solid career so far might be a hall of famer. Do we think Paul George is a hall of famer? Could be, but not right now. Could be not right now, but for some reason he has like the worst luck with, with getting hurt. Uh, and then, you know, also his teammates just never being there when he needs them. Um, Yeah, I I get it. I get it. I'm still I'm still excited to see these sort of younger upcoming players get their due. Right. Like there's no superstars on this team. Like Steph's not on this team. Luke is not on this team. Kyrie, KD, Devin Booker, uh, you know, Jokic. The list goes on and on. This is the next sort of next wave of stars, you might you might say. And from what I've seen, they've, they've said that Jaron Jackson has been voted the best player in training camp. I mean, I know we're in Nets podcast, but this, does this come as a shock to you? Because this was a guy that we thought Claxton had a chance to beat out for Defensive Player of the Year last year, didn't. Now Claxton has some extra added motivation to you know to to win the Defensive Player of the, of the Year award, but this is a guy who's won it. He was the, the, the second or third best player on a really good Grizzlies team. What are your thoughts on Jaron Jackson Jr. being that guy in the Team USA training camp?
1: It's, a, it's not a surprise. And if you remember, you know, real basketball fans might remember at the beginning of last year, towards the early months, there was this huge article that came out. Maybe, maybe this is a troll, so maybe I'm, you know, I'm being sucked into something, but I'm pretty sure this was real, that they said that his stats at home were a lot better, like for rebounds and blocks and stuff, and there was definitely a sense that he was getting some stats being padded, right? But it doesn't take stats to to show that this guy's a great defender, right? And when it comes to teams like this, it's all about fit. We had Kobe Bryant years ago uh, on Team USA on the Redeem team. He was like the top defender. The guy just won a scoring title, but you know what? He was the MVP just just because of the intensity he brought, just the defense that he brought. You had all these scores around him, and it didn't matter. It's all about fit. So, no, it does not surprise me that he's the most, uh, I guess, glamorized player, saying he's the best player in training camp so far.
0: The only other guy I've heard about is Austin Reeves. And I think everyone just acts surprised because he's a white guy. He's a good player. I mean, the the white thing gets old. Like, we get he's white. We watched him play in the playoffs last year. I don't need to see that brought up every single time. He has, like, a good training camp or good game. Like, no one gives a shit at this point. Uh, He belongs. Everybody knows he's good. So those are the four names I've seen, those two, and then obviously um, the, the dudes on the Nets. What I loved that I saw, I brought this up earlier, but Steve Kerr spoke glowingly about Mikael Bridges and Cam Johnson. Did you see, did you see the, the, the quote from him? And, and what do you think of you know, one of the best coaches in the last 10 years complimenting the, the, the
1: two studs on the Brooklyn Nets? It means absolutely nothing to me. Wow. Nothing. You know why? Because well, what's he supposed to say? Yeah, these guys are fucking shit. They fucking suck. You know what I mean? Like, you know, like, of course he's going to say, you know, like, oh, yeah, they're playing great, blah, blah, blah. But what else is he going to really say? He's, they're, they're pretty much devoting their time to play for Team USA. They don't have to do this. And as the coach of Team USA, of course you're happy. And these guys are not, you know, like crappy guys. These are real good players. So, Even if they aren't playing their best, you're probably still going to be like, man, they're playing so good. We're happy where they're at right now. You know what I mean? I I guess it's a good sign because you don't want to hear anything else than that. But I I, I don't put too much into that. It's a lot of fluff for me. Right. Like
0: I think of what if he said, yeah, McHale's, you know, a superstar, which is like the popular narrative, right? McHale Bridge is going to be an all-star next season. What if he said, yeah, I think Cam has a long ways to go. Like, that would have really that would have really bothered me like I would I would have hated that I think the fact that he complimented both of them like for them I think it's great for their confidence to know that this legendary coach is thinks you guys are good basketball players but um I, I'm of the I, I'm gonna sort of tie this all with a bow and say that I'm in the opposite camp from you I love to see these guys getting more reps I love to see them playing with you know, Sort of their talent, Mikhail and, and Jalen Brunson, are kind of on that same level as superstar. Um, I like to see that happening. I think it, it's going to be nothing but positive for these two dudes to, to play with this unit when they come back. Hopefully they pick up some leadership qualities that they develop from, from Team USA and they bring that back to the Brooklyn Nets. Um, hmm. Speaking of Brooklyn Nets, our team gained a member this past week. Kind of shocking out of the blue news, but welcome to the Nets. Trendon Watford. The Nets signed the 22-year-old 6'9 hybrid forward who last played for the Portland Trailblazers. Pete, Nets fans seemed very excited about this guy when they signed him. And I'm going to be honest with you. I, I don't pretend like I know players when I don't really have no context on this dude's career thus far, what he brings to the table. I watched some highlights. Seems pretty good. Um, and... I. If you wanted to bring up one more thing with Team USA, that's totally cool, but I, I want to get into Trendon Watford after that.
1: No, no, no. I'm, I'm good. Uh, this is Okay. A very interesting story with Trendon Watford. Uh, basically, he was going to get drafted by the Nets, actually, in his draft year. His agent says, no, it's not a good deal. Portland is going to give you uh, a deal if you don't get drafted. That winds up happening. It winds up starting as pretty much like a camp invite. I think maybe he was a two-way at, at most and then he winds up getting a standard contract winds up becoming a fan favorite out of nowhere plays decent minutes uh in 21 22 his first year he played in uh, 48 games averaged 7 points 53% from the field only 23% from 3 last year he comes back 62 games 19 minutes this is like a standard you know role for a team for for a team uh that's looking for for a young guy he gets the minutes 7 points 56% from the field 39% from three. I talked to a couple Blazer fans, and this is this is his deal. They think that they, he's kind of hit his ceiling, and that's why they let him go, because he's a good passer. He could shoot the three. He doesn't take too many threes, but uh, I, I think this is a great pickup. Once again, a young guy. Uh, most of his scoring was from two places, really. Uh, he does uh, catch-and-shoot threes. At 39%, I got to write this down, 39.7% beautiful catching threes. 88% of his field goal attempts were either less than 10 feet in from the basket or a catch-and-shoot three from above the break.
0: Okay, that's a lot to digest. Number one, another wing, right? This guy's not going to play down low, so that's what I think. We have an abundance of wings. He kind of reminds me of Kessler-Edwards. In a way, that's sort of what Kessler did, right? Wasn't Kessler a catch-and-shoot guy? He could score in the paint. He had no mid-range game, essentially?
1: Pretty much, pretty much. I know I, I threw, I threw a, lot at, a lot at you guys, but uh, to break it down, good passer. It would be a, maybe a small ball center at best. Uh, played most of the minutes at power forward, and like I said, you're going to be seeing a lot of catch-and-shoot threes from him and a lot of scoring inside for the non-basketball nerds out there.
0: Yeah, listen, I'm not going to poo-poo this edition too much because a lot of people who actually watch this guy think he's good, so I'm going to believe their opinion and, and just sort of call it like it is. It does worry me, though, that Marks just has like nine wings now. Like, think, think about the wings we have. Royce O'Neal, Dorian Finney-Smith is a four who plays the wing.
1: Darius Baisley. Who plays more right now,
0: Pete? Darius Baisley or Trendon Watford?
1: That's a great question. I was actually thinking about that. Uh, I think Wofford, I think Wafford does. He seems, although it's tough because Baisley did start as like a 19-year-old. You know, we case we don't does. know.
0: We have zero idea. This is Mark's kind of like taking a chance on a bunch of guys. It, it's, I'm trying to think of a good analogy. Um, it's like when you go to a new pizza spot, you get four or five slices. You might love one or two, right? One or two might be it but you know three are going to be mid or they're not going to compare to the the first two. So this is how I look at it. He's taking a chance on all these guys and like, they're not all going to pan out. We're not going to get great seasons from Watford and Royce O'Neal and Darius Baisley. And like, that's not going to happen, but it's a numbers game. You're hoping that like we can hit 300, right? Maybe one out of three of those guys has a nice season or two out of three of those guys has a nice season. Um, And those by the way, everyone I named with the exception of maybe DFS or Royce, our bench players, our starting wings are Mikhail, Cam Johnson. Am I missing anybody? I guess Cam Thomas is a wing who comes off the bench. Mm. And, and if Spencer Dinwiddie isn't point, he'll be a wing. So it's just, I, I don't know. I just, you know, I want to see a sign, one big man. I like Trenton Watford. I like the upside. But uh, Pete, we can go with this. It does fit the narrative of Sean Marks getting younger, getting more athletic. And, and, and just not going after anybody over the age of like 27, 28.
1: Yeah, this is what I'm going to kind of give you uh, an, an example of this. This is sort of like a lottery ticket. We're buying, you know, it's a $5 lottery ticket. And we're just going to buy about 10 of them. And we're going to say, you know, spend if it hits, we got something good here. If not, then we didn't put a lot into it. So it's okay. We will come back next week. And that's, that's essentially it. That's essentially it.
0: Are you worried that we haven't really gone after any quote-unquote big men this offseason, or are you just sort of riding this younger, more athletic wave that Sean Marks is riding?
1: I think Wofford could play the four. I'm, not, I'm happy that we got another big man. I would have liked to see a center, but I think this guy could play the four, so that kind of gives me a little uh, – I guess a little reinsurance, I could say, but still, I'm, if Claxton gets hurt, oh, boy, is it going to be bad?
0: I know, that's your big, you said that last week. You know, obviously know we're, we're one injury away from being one of the worst teams in the NBA. That, that's mm-hmm. your point. You know who comes to mind? Maybe it's just because their names both begin with T. Because I look at a player like Trendon Watford, I watch a few highlights, I look at his stats, and I try to think, you know, who can, I, who can I compare him to? And I said Kessler Edwards, maybe that was off. But Pete, you're a diehard Nets fan. And this was a guy who was on the Nets for like a hot minute. Remember Travion Graham? On those DLO teams?
1: Oh, yeah. I remember, are you are you bringing it bringing that up because of the recent news? No, what are the re- I have no idea what you are talking about. Didn't he, Man, I I got I got to look this up before before I yeah, say time it. out. I am going to talk about. Oh, was he
0: part of the the lawsuit? I know you are talking no, about.
1: I don't know if you didn't he just no. get out of that. I feel like I am going to I am going to mess this up. So I got to make sure. I'm, I know I'm there
0: sure. were a few former Nets named in that that big lawsuit. Um, I can't think of any names right no, now. No, no, he
1: wasn't. He wasn't. No, no, I don't. No. I, think, I think I'm good. Okay, I was. See, that's why I wanted to make sure. But um, was it him or no? No, 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 it wasn't him. Good,
0: good, good, good. Trevion Graham, you're a good guy. We we like you on this podcast. Please come on the show.
1: Of course, yeah. Of course, of course. Um, but yeah, that was in 1819. He was on the team, but 1819. Um, no, but look, yeah. he, here's what he did. He hit timely three pointers. He
0: would come in the <laughs> game. He'd come off a uh, you know an off ball screen and he hit a big three, and it, it sounds like Trendon Watford can do that and add a little bit more athletically, get to the rim a little bit. That's the kind of guy we're looking at though. When I when I hear a player has no mid range, I think of a Trevion Graham with a little bit of athleticism.
1: Yeah, he could pass all. I don't know if you guys seen the highlights from from Watford, but he can really throw a dime. I've seen him throwing lobs, hitting cutters, like. Uh, you could say that he's a hybrid because on basketball reference, it does say small forward next to next to his name. But in all accounts, he's really a power forward who could just pass and uh, and do some pretty nice things. Like I said, good pickup. It's a lottery ticket.
0: Yeah, I get it. And listen, if we somehow still want to trade for Damian Lillard, it'd be a Portland Trailblazers <laughs> teammate he can hang funny. out
1: with, right? You're funny.
0: All right. Anything else on uh, training Watford before we move on? Absolutely not. And I'll give you a chance. I know I know you have one more thing on Team USA. I want to hear it. This is, this is our show. We dictate what topics we talk about. So give me one last Team
1: USA thought, and then we're going to move on to the next topic. Okay, this is what I was going to say before. How would you feel if you're Cam Johnson, if Steve Kerr is raving about your teammate, both of these guys are starting, Mikel Bridge is doing this, he's great, he's tremendous, but then you don't mention Cam Johnson. Do you feel a certain type of way? Is that okay as a Netsman? Is it like, man? Uh, it's a good ugh. question.
0: It's, it's a very good hypothetical. I think that if you're Cam Johnson, you accept that, like, this is Mikhail Bridges' team. This is not a LeBron D. Wade type deal, right? Where, like, they were kind of – it was a two-headed monster. Like, yeah, LeBron was great, but that was still D. Wade's team, so it kind of evened out. Mikhail Bridges is the alpha. Cam Johnson is not close to him right now. After last year, after the playoffs, what we saw, Cam Johnson had his moments. Don't get me wrong. But I I think if I were to go to both of them and say, hey, Mikael Bridges, you are better than Cam Johnson at basketball. I I understand Cam Johnson's a competitor. He might think differently. But based on the narrative and and everything and and just, you know, how much attention Mikael Bridges got last season, I think it makes sense. So. I I don't think he'd be Superman. I think he'd probably use it as motivation, but uh, these guys are realistic. They know where they stand in the pecking order. That's fair. All right. So I've been on here a million times saying, I want to see the Nets sign another big man. Well, there is a guy out there that the Nets are, are watching work out in Miami. They've been keeping tabs on him for a while. And that's Harry Giles, former Duke Blue Devil. Now, me personally, I'm very intrigued by him. He was supposed to be a star, I think, coming out of high school. He was, like, a very high recruit, wasn't necessarily dominant at Duke. Um, I think he actually might – I, I do not remember his Duke career, so I'm not even going to try to guess. Comes in to the him. NBA, gets drafted – injury, right?
1: Yeah, I think he was coming up an injury, yeah.
0: Gets drafted by Sacramento, has, like, two very forgettable years as a young player. Uh, I think he actually last played for Portland, the, the NBA team, in 2021 – and he's, he was in the G League uh, recently. So supposed to be a nice NBA player. He didn't hasn't worked out thus far. But I'm intrigued by him, Pete. He's 6'10", 7'3", wingspan, former Duke Blue Devil. I don't know if I've ever told you this. I'm a huge Duke guy. Like, huge. No, you last few seasons, I haven't been paying attention. But, uh, yeah, I'm. I'm a, you're, what are you, your UNC guy?
1: No, no, no. I was a St. Francis Brooklyn fan because that's my alma mater. They just dropped the program. So I'm, I'm a little in my feelings. About college basketball right now, but I actually I'm a very big Colorado Buffaloes fan. And that's even before. Oh. Yeah, I, I adopted them as my football team. For a couple, I went there a couple times to check out the area when I was a college student. Check out so the, you know, what,
0: the Colorado University.
1: Yeah, yeah, Colorado Buffaloes. Is that that's the, Spencer, Spencer Dinwiddie's alma mater? Yeah, that is. It's and it just happens to be. Does you, you, you get into the, the bond there? Right. You, you I the like bond? that.
0: You're. For those who don't know, my co-host Pete is uh, about as big a Spence Dinwiddie fan as you can get, which makes sense because my name's Spencer, and he likes me too, so it works out. Yeah. Uh, Harry, Harry Giles, we're going to watch him. Nets are going to watch him work out in Miami. Got a 7'3 wingspan. What are your thoughts on, on potentially signing this, again, young guy, athletic guy, closer to a big man than anybody else on this roster minus Claxton and De'Ron Sharp.
1: All right, he's 25 years old. Uh, 2021, he was with the Trailblazers, like you said. He played 38 games. Well, i shooting 34% from three. But the question for me is, if this guy is so good with so much potential, why wasn't he on an NBA team last year? How come he's not getting minutes? How come no one's t- picking him up? What? Why? This guy's so good, why not? Because answer is that maybe he's dealing with – I think there was some other stuff, but I don't want to say because I'm not 100% researched. But, like, if someone is good enough, has the NBA talent, and is a center who's shooting 34% from three, there's a reason why he's not on an NBA team. You know what I mean? It sounds nice. Sean Marks, he should be investigating every rock, make sure every stone is unturned when we're looking for a big man. But, um, At this time, we hear 10 names being thrown out. Oh, this guy's coming back in the NBA. He's working out. You know, the Nets are going to check him out. The Knicks are going to check him out. Golden State is checking him out, and then they don't get signed. They get maybe a training camp deal somewhere, and they don't even touch the NBA floor. So I'm happy Sean Marks is investigating, but I'm not going to put too much credence into this until I see a contract be signed.
0: I totally get where you're coming from. So just to give you some perspective, the Knicks saw – giles workout in vegas earlier in the offseason so the knicks watched him passed he's gonna work out for the magic soon or no he did work out for the magic he's working out for golden state next week and he worked out for the nets on eight five so he worked out for them on saturday so i agree with you why isn't he being picked up i'm gonna shoot him a follow on twitter because i'm a nice guy um nets personality on twitter pod thorn if you don't follow Pod, he's a great follow He wrote, Harry is the type of talent that is worth a look. He makes a lot of sense to add to all of a sudden a nice group of bigs the Nets have, especially if they nab Harry Giles. Okay, so he likes him. I know Podhead responded to one of my tweets, um, which I do want to find because I actually really really liked his – here we go. Because I wrote, Marks is a weird GM. I saw this news. I was like a little – yeah, you know, why are you again? I, I share sort of the same sentiment as you. Why don't you get someone who's proven? Pod wrote, you got to find reclamation projects with the current CBA. Cheap talent is mandatory. Draft picks, vet mens have to be good. Harry is young, even though those knees are chop suey. He's so young, and you can take a flyer on that talent. I get that, right? I can, I, I can, I, I can see why that's attractive for Sean Marks. Like you said, it's the lottery example. You're probably not going to hit. But on the off chance that you do hit, you look like a fucking genius,
1: right? Listen, I, I agree, and listen, he was right. He was right. Like you have to find. I've been preaching the same. If you look under that same thing, I, I retweeted it or, or commented under saying facts because he's right. The Nets are gonna need to find guys. Every NBA team is gonna need to find a cheap player to add in at the back of the roster. And you know what? It is rare to find a young guy at that size who maybe could hit, you know, 30% from three, right? So maybe maybe it's a good thing. But the fact of the matter is, like we said, there's a reason why he's not on a roster. I'll tell you this, and I
0: I would rather a million times out of a million taking a flyer on a Harry Giles as opposed to taking another flyer on a Norvell Pell or a Nerlens Noel or guys that we know are just going to fill up a roster spot and never see the floor? How, you know, we, We've had a good amount of centers come through here and just leave. There, I'm missing one other guy. I
1: think we had him last season. What's his name? Moses Brown, the guy who's like seven foot that everyone keeps on telling me about. But, he's, but he was on the team last year and never saw the floor except for like five minutes. At least I know who Harry Giles is, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I, I get it. Uh,
0: this is totally random, and I didn't include this on our rundown. I saw Serge Ibaka was recently interviewed by Sham Sharania. He's been in the league for 14 seasons. I'd add Serge to the squad.
1: Why not? I think he wants to win. I think he's not, he's not oh, in the I just want a roster spot. I think he's like, I still want to play for a winner. Bastard. I would take him in, too. God damn nah, it.
0: No, these guys just want to play for winners. Come play for the Brooklyn Nets. I don't want to do that. That's better. Um. All right. So I thought of a really fun way to wrap up the show today, mm-hmm. and you know, there's that. There's there's always these. I don't know what. It's sort of like a, an activity where you see people try to build the best NBA player, and they'll say, I I want to give this player Steph Curry's shooting ability, and they should have. Uh, <laughs> I almost said Ben Simmons. They should <laughs> have, you know. Chris Paul's passing ability and LeBron James's strength and this guy's rebounding and yada yada. So I thought it'd be fun for me and Pete to build the perfect NBA player, Brooklyn Nets Edition. So I'm gonna I'm gonna take note of this and I think you should too. There are six categories, right? I have scoring, I have shooting and then in parentheses I put three pointers. I have passing. I have rebounding, I have defense, I have basketball, IQ, backslash, decision-making so we're going to come up with our perfect nba player using these six categories only choosing nets pete i'm going to let you go first who would you choose as your scoring option katie I, I, they, I, time out they have to be current nets oh they to be current then why you tell me that that, that is it's the good. caveat yeah i should have been more specific I, I, that's, they, that's a, of a big thing they have to be currently on the roster so our our teams or our player might be similar
1: but i want to hear yours okay we're gonna i think i'm gonna take everything of mikhail bridges no i'm kidding uh for scoring i would definitely have to go with mikhail bridges i think that's the that's the obvious right that that's the, he has the best all-around game at the current moment for this team what do you think yeah
0: I, I, I would have to agree with you um so that's an easy one right we're both gonna pick pete has mikel bridges and so does spencer i i there, there's no debating it he averaged the most on the team. Um, nobody was as consistent as him. You, you, you can't really argue Dinwiddie. You can't really argue Cam. So I think scoring, that's easy. So we both pick Mikhail Bridges. Okay. What about shooting three pointers?
1: Uh, this is when it gets a little bit tougher. I would say I'm going to have to pick between, uh, and I want to say Mikhail Bridges again, but just for the sake of not picking Mikhail Bridges for everything, I'm going to go with, with Spencer Dinwiddie. Forty wow. percent three point shooter with Dallas. I'm gonna use. I'm gonna use that, even though that wasn't a net, but he is a net right now. Elite corner three shooter, and yeah, I, I just didn't want to pick Cam Johnson and Mikael Bridges because I have a feeling you're gonna pick one of the two. So
0: <laughs> I'm gonna go Cam Johnson. The only other guy that pops in my mind is Cam Thomas.
1: Ooh, that would have been a.
0: We didn't pick him for scoring, so. But Cam Johnson's just a better three-point shooter. Cam Tom thats probably the biggest flaw in Thomas's game—is his three-point shooting. He's deadly mid-range. Uh, I don't have the, the percentages in front of me. He's not a terrible three-point shooter. He just doesn't put a lot of them up. So I'll, I'll go Cam Johnson shooting in parentheses three-pointers. So you have Dinwiddie, I have Cam Johnson. Okay, passing.
1: I think there's only one person, really. You know, and obviously it obviously has to be Spencer Dinwiddie. No, I'm kidding. You have to go with Ben Simmons, right? He's he's the lead passer of the team. He has to be. It has to be.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, you you could make an argument for Dinwiddie because he his uh, rebound. I'm sorry, his assist numbers were great. Um, you know, since he's been here, he's 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 been top of the league in assists. But I agree with you when both guys are healthy. Uh, I'm probably going to go – I am going Ben over Spence. But we're going to have to get the basketball IQ decision-making, and and that's still on the table, so just remember that. Okay, so we mm-hmm. both go Ben Simmons passing, rebounding.
1: Uh, so team sucks as a whole with rebounding, but I'm going to have to go with Claxton because he's the only rebounder. <laughs> right. Agreed,
0: unanimous, easy. We don't have any big men can make an argument for sharp and say he's a better rebounder than Clax. He just doesn't see the court enough, but uh, no, it's, I think it's Nick Claxton. Okay. This is actually a great one. Defense.
1: I know. I'm, I I don't know who you're going to pick, but I know who I'm going to pick. I'm not going to focus on big or small. I'm just going to go overall defense. I'm going to go Dennis Smith jr.
0: Wow! Oh, I like that a lot. Okay, Pete is going Dennis, and give me your reasoning behind that.
1: Well, a very good defender. Uh, all the advanced statistics last year show him as like a top five defender on the perimeter in the NBA. Uh, I, I just, I just got to go. I just, I, got, I have a good feeling about him and his defense next year. You can make an argument with Bridges, but if we were going to do that, I would pick Bridges for almost half half the list. So I'm going to have a little fun with it, and uh, I definitely think that Dennis Smith Jr. is up there.
0: Okay, so here's what I'm doing. You're mute. What a pro this guy
1: is. What a pro. bro.
0: I'm, I'm, I'm changing because I got so excited. I, I, I hit the mute button. <laughs> I am changing my rebounding pick. I am going with Day Day. I'm going to say Dayron Sharp is, is the top rebounder on this team. I think if he played the minutes that Claxton gets, I think he'd average more rebounds. I think he's more ferocious on the boards, and I'm not afraid to admit it. But Ooh. in terms of defense – I got to go Claxton that's Claxton Claxton can guard one to five he's mobile uh he's shut down guys down on the perimeter he's he's made life hell for some guys I've just seen him defend more than Mikhail. so I'm gonna go Claxton as my defense
1: yeah I I, I, that was between Claxton and Dennis with Jr. I feel like if uh, unfortunately because of the talent on the roster we could pretty much just take one or two three guys and half of this list will be just them but um yeah, you can't go wrong with Claxton here for sure. Dating is a more interesting pick though. But so on.
0: All right, here you go. Basketball IQ and decision making. Who are you going with?
1: That's tough. Basketball IQ and decision making. I I'm try trying, I'm, trying, I'm trying to really try to think I can I, I I would go with Bridges. I would really go with Mikel Bridges. Mikel, that's like, not a bad answer. That's gonna be my pick for
0: sure. Okay, I'm gonna go with Lonnie Walker. That's fair. And the reason the reason is, I've seen all of the Nets players on offense make terrible decisions last season, right? <laughs> like think about Dinwiddie in some of those games against Philly. Remember the layup? The he tried to do uh, the right-handed layup on the left side and just got swatted.
1: Uh, yeah. Uh,
0: I think think of that. I think of, you know, Ben Simmons unwillingness to look at the basket. I think of, um, Mikael Bridges and Cam Johnson, not being there yet. They're going to get better at playmaking, but they're not there yet. Uh, Dennis Smith jr. He's known for his defense. You know? So at that point, like I thought of Royce O'Neal, I've seen Royce O'Neal have some gross turnovers. Lonnie Walker, I watched him play flawless basketball against the Golden State Warriors when he got in that fourth quarter. I saw him take smart shots and put away, he helped save LeBron James's legacy. No, just kidding. He put, he put away the Warriors. And honestly, we could have we could have had him for our three-pointer uh shooting because Lonnie Walker is a sniper. So I'm gonna go Lonnie Walker. He's my basketball IQ decision-making guy. Okay, so let's or, or I'm gonna recap this quick and then we'll end the show. Number one scoring, Pete had Mikhail Bridges. Number two, shooting, Pete had Spencer Dinwiddie. Number three, passing, Pete had Ben Simmons. Number four, rebounding, Pete had Nick Claxton. Number five, defense, Pete had Dennis Smith Jr. Number six, basketball IQ, Pete had Mikhail Bridges. It's a pretty damn good player. I like that. Spence's picks. I had McHale for scoring. I had Cam Johnson for three-pointers slash shooting. I had Ben Simmons for passing. I had Dayron Sharp for rebounding because he's a dog on those boards. I had Nick Claxton for defense. And I had Lonnie Walker for basketball IQ decision-making. I'm probably taking your player over mine. I'm going to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. That does it for another episode of Fireside Nets, brought to you by Empire Sports Media.
1: I'm Spen. He's I, got one, I got one thing Well, I got you. Well, one thing I got to say, guys, uh, I recently dropped an episode of The Only Net Fans You Know. Check it out. We just dropped it a couple days ago. It's me and uh, my co-host, Charlie. He came back finally. He is alive and well. And uh, go ahead, Spence. Catch us on the fire. No, no, no.
0: Shout out to Charlie for being alive. I was going to go to you.
1: Oh, you, you were? You, I'm sorry. You, yeah, well, yeah gonna... of course,
0: brother. Of course. Of course. I got to interrupt you. No, no, no. You're good. Listen, that was uh... I was going to go to you. I got you. When it when it when it comes to only nets fans you know because guess what as much as i love fireside and it's it's a great nets podcast only Nets fan you know is, is, is equally as as fun and it's entertaining and, and you know pete and charlie they do a great job over there so please everyone if you listen to this show you, you definitely want another nets podcast in your life because you're a nets fanatic listen to pete's other show only nets fan you know please We're good. and good. that you like that like and fireside. that does it <laughs> This week on Fireside Nets brought to you by Empire Sports Media. Thanks again for listening and tune in next week to another edition of FSN.